All right, guys, it's about that time. Chris Brooks here with you on another edition of the Rebels 247 podcast, part of the 247 Sports Network and inside the Rebels. This is going to be a good show. A good, quick show, but a good one. A good one. I want to get into those Josh Pate predictions and tell you a little bit about Josh, who's an awesome guy, by the way. Don't know him, but just from following from afar. Some all-SEC predictions by the coaches, which I do pay a little more attention to those. I just do. I don't know why. I just do. Feels different. So we'll get into that here in just a second. I had a chance to see uh, St. Joe play this week. So some thoughts on a couple of talented 10th graders that are coming through there. One is a, a top 100 player for the 25 class already. Big defensive lineman named Reginald Vaughn. And then their quarterback that has an offer, Emil Picarella. And I'm always hoping that I say that name right. I hope I am. So I want to knock out both of those things uh, here on a Thursday edition of the show. If you're trying to celebrate whatever day it is today, I don't even know what it is. I try to check that out on the fly. Uh, it's Whiskey Sour Day. There you go. For those of you that are into the into that. Uh, I have an affinity for whiskey, which is why I, I tend to try to stay away from it as best I can. You know, it's like, you know, honey on your lips kind of a thing. You like too much. So um, I try to stay away from that. But it is, it is National Whiskey Sour Day. Got to know your limits. You know what I mean? It's also a Kiss and Makeup Day, Banana Split Day. Some of these are so dumb. And it's always... Some of these are so dumb. Secondhand wardrobe day, park service founders day, whatever that is. You can do the banana split thing. Okay, and look, enough of that nonsense. It's not an important day today. Other than it's a Thursday, it's a day closer to the weekend. High school football tonight around the, the state. Well, I say around the state. Tomorrow night around the state. A few games tonight. I'll be out in Clinton tonight to get a chance to see them host Ocean Springs. So I'll kind of give you a, a, a firsthand account of Bray Hubbard tomorrow and obviously some pictures, and I'll try to, to you know chat with Bray after the game. Alabama commitment, but he's a Mississippi kid, so you know you never know what will happen there. And I'm look, this is a new world in recruiting that I am in, just like you guys are. I'm going to follow these kids you know, down to December, the ones that traditionally Ole Miss probably would have offered. And I already know that on some of these guys that they're going to take more looks at this year. So I'm going to stay with them until, you know, it's kind of obvious that they're going some other way. But I'll be there tonight to give you an account of, of Bray and, and what he has going on and how he plays and some thoughts there. Okay, let's start here. The Josh Pate predictions. And if you don't know Josh Pate, you guys should know Josh Pate. He does a great podcast for 247. Um, if you dig into him a little bit, it's a great story into how he's where he is now. Like Josh has earned it. He uh, think along the lines of Kurt Warner, you know, that type of, of thing. But he's very good at what he does. He comes across as a pretty awesome dude, to be honest. Doesn't mean you have to agree with his predictions. Or for, for that matter, doesn't mean that I have to either, which I don't. But we'll knock that out here in just a minute. But it is a very good podcast. So you should be following Josh on social media and 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 giving his show a shot. Here for this reason also, I think at the end of the season, he's going to be wrong on this. And hey, you can always go back and say, I told you so. Is there anything better than saying, I told you so? It's as good as it gets. 
So get yourself in position to do that towards the end of the year. Now, is it possible for him to be right? Now, first of all, let me tell you what he predicted. Look, in the SEC East, uh, not even going to go into detail here. He has Georgia 12-0. and 0. Worst case, 9-3 prediction, or best case, 12-0. and 0. Worst case, 9-3. and 3. Their prediction is 11-1, right? That's an easy one. And then after that, it doesn't matter. I'm not buying all the Tennessee best case stuff. He has Tennessee second. I don't, I'm not with him on that either. Tennessee's going to have to do something first before I'll jump in with them. Just where I am with Tennessee. For anyone, if you have a hard time, you know, taking a school like Ole Miss and putting them out there, Tennessee's worse. They're, they are a harder bet to jump up. At least Ole Miss has had some of those seasons here um, lately, and Tennessee just, they haven't, or at least not not consistently. They seems to uh, be one of those when it goes wrong, it just, or if it can go wrong, it does go wrong. After that, I don't, I don't really care in the East. The West predictions. Most places have Ole Miss in that four spot. That is the most prominent place you see. I would agree with it. I could put them as high as three, but for me, three and four is interchangeable. I think Arkansas and Ole Miss are almost the same team. I don't see a lot of difference there. That's just my opinion. I know some of you, you definitely, you're going to put Ole Miss over. I think those two teams are interchangeable. And then after that, I think you have the three teams after that being State, LSU, and Auburn. And I think those are more interchangeable. I don't think there's a whole lot of difference between those and three and four. But I would clump them together preseason like that. Your top two teams, Alabama, A&M, Arkansas, and Ole Miss, and then Mississippi State, LSU, and Auburn. He has Alabama, A&M, Best case eleven and one predictions nine and three. Arkansas best case eleven and one predictions nine and three. So it's high on on the Hogs. Mississippi State he has best case nine and three predictions eight and four. Now he he swings wild on State. I think he has the largest swing of any team. Best case nine and three. Worst case three and nine. So six game swing there. And the prediction is eight and four. So basically he has them winning all of the toss-up games for the most part. LSU swings from nine and three to five and seven, has them at seven and five. Auburn, eight and four, three and nine swing, predicted seven and five. And then you get to Ole Miss. He doesn't have near the swing with Ole Miss that he does with State. Nine and three to five and seven. Prediction is six and six. So basically losing all of the toss-up games. Now, this is the write-up, and then, and yeah, most of the show today is going to be built on this. He has Ole Miss, got a lot of really good pieces out of the transfer portal. Credit their staff for doing that. How quickly can the staff turn pieces into, um, into a team? And I'm not going to read all of this, but basically, he thinks Zach Evans is going to have a monster year. He has no doubt about that, but I question whether they have anything close at quarterback to what they need to have this year. Things um, things are going to get real in mid-October, and it might be tough to find a win on the back half of the schedule. Is 6-6 six and six possible for Ole Miss? Yes, it's possible. For the doomsday prediction to happen, they would have to get awful quarterback play. Now, is it possible? There's two new guys. Well, for that matter, three quarterbacks are battling it out. And I'm always going to – I know it gets trashed on the board for some reason. I, I don't get trashing players. 
I, I really don't. I, I'll never understand that, but you know, fans can do what they want going to do. But as long as Ken K Dent puts up numbers like he's put up when they scrimmage, of course, I'm going to put his name in there. I think it's, I think it's foolishness for people to suggest otherwise, you know, stats matter. You actually have to perform on the field. Stars don't really do much once you get out there. As long as he still performs well and he's doing that and you're hearing stuff like that come out of practice, then I'm going to include him. I think Jackson Dart's going to be the starter here. But they have they have two high-ranked quarterbacks in Dart and Luke Altmaier, right? Okay, so for the doomsday prediction to happen, you have to get terrible quarterback play because Ole Miss's schedule is very, very easy halfway through the year. Ole Miss is going to beat Troy. Then they're going to beat Central Arkansas. I think they'll beat Georgia Tech because Georgia Tech's been awful. Then they'll beat Tulsa. So you're 4-0 out of the gate, even if you drop the Kentucky game, which I would have as a pick and it's at home. Then you have Vanderbilt after that. That's five. I would think for them, I don't see how they could be worse than the 5-1 and one out of the gate because the schedule is conducive to that type of start. It's bad. You know, there's not much there. If they're playing, they'll have to play awful to not win five games starting the season. It's possible, but they'll have to play really poorly. Then you have an Auburn program that's been struggling next. I would give them that win to get to six. So already you're there. LSU, A&M, Alabama, Arkansas, Mississippi State to finish the season. He is right that the end of the season, yes, things could go south in a hurry. If you have the doomsday prediction, and worst case scenario plays out, they could be sitting at five or six wins halfway through the year. And yes, does the schedule get significantly more difficult and there's the potential to lose all of these games? Yeah, there is. The likelihood of, though, losing all of the toss-up games in here, which there's several of them, it's just not likely to happen. The probability is low. It's very low. I think the over-under this year is going to be eight. I'm going, I'm a little more conservative than most, probably seven and a half to eight, somewhere there. Now, this is where I disagree with Josh, who, like I said, Josh does an awesome job. You need to check out his podcast. For Ole Miss to be that bad, they'll have to have awful quarterback play. I really thought I was going to look at this and not find anything. In Lane Kiffin's head coaching career, He's had one season in which the quarterback performed poorly. Now, I'm not including the Alabama years in here because that doesn't feel fair, for one, because they're so much better than everybody. Of course, the quarterback is going to put up stats. And also, he's not the head coach. He's just the coordinator. But your one year at Tennessee, your Ole Miss years, and then your your USC years, there's only one year in there in which the quarterback played poorly. I really didn't think I'd find anybody, but I did. I found one. I did. If we work backwards, Corral had a great year last year. He had a really good year two years ago, 3,300 yards, 29 touchdowns, 14 picks. The year before that, a guy named Chris Robinson at Florida International threw for 3,700, 28 touchdowns, six interceptions. Now, the year before that at FIU, Chris Robinson was still there. He did not have a great year. 2,500 passing yards, 12 and 12 touchdowns, interceptions. So that's the one outlier in there. Then everybody other than that, the numbers are good. Jason Driscoll, FIU, 2,200. He was a part-time starter. 15 and four, touchdown to interception. The team was 21 and seven or 21 to seven. 
Cody Kessler, the one year at Tennessee, 3,000 yards, 20 touchdowns, seven picks. He had Matt Barkley three years at USC. All three of those years were fantastic, as you would guess. 36 touchdowns, 15 picks, 39 touchdowns, seven picks, 26 touchdowns, 12 the first year. And then even before that, uh, this is not the Cody Kessler. That wasn't, um, that was USC also. That's not Tennessee. And then the, the Tennessee year in 09, he had Jonathan Crompton and he threw for 2,800, 27 touchdowns, 13 picks. Point of the story is he does not have bad quarterback play. He had it one year at FIU. Other than that, He's never had bad quarterback play. So it's it's hard for me to believe the quarterback play is going to be bad considering his personal track record with quarterbacks and the fact that I think they have a very talented room. Not Matt Corral talented. You can't go near that at this point. But he has two guys that were very highly ranked and another that's performed well when you've had a chance to see him in limited time. But it's very hard for me to believe with that combination and I do think the offensive line is going to be very good. I think the receivers have been upgraded. The tight end has been upgraded. The running back room, I think, has been upgraded. It's hard for me to see how that 6-6 six and six prediction is going to play out. I don't think it will. So, like I said, you might want to get on that bandwagon now to do the I told you so later. Uh, Josh, his, his podcast you should be listening to. You should be following it on a national level. He hits a lot of topics. Uh, but I think he missed with that one. Other than that, most of the predictions I've seen Ole Miss be right in the middle of the pack of the SEC, which I think that's safe. Um, If the year went bad for Ole Miss, I'm trying to think of what that would look like. It would have to be more than the quarterback, in my opinion. They'd have to be really poor on defense. That not come together at all, you know, change at defensive coordinator, maybe the linebackers really struggle, something like that. But if you go down that worst-case scenario road, and could you get to six and six? But yeah, but like I said, the schedule makes it near impossible to get down there and certainly almost impossible to get worse than that. Uh, no, I don't think you're looking at that. I think you're going to look at a much better season than that. But like I said, follow Josh Pate. All right, I don't really have time to get into some of this other stuff. The all SEC team from the coaches came out. I'll do the St. Joe thing yesterday with those two young kids. Um, the all SEC team that came out earlier this week you had Nick Broker and Jonathan Mingo, second teamers, Zach Evans, A.J. Finley, Jeremy James, and Seth Johnson getting third team honors. And this came from uh, from the league office with the preseason coaches, all SEC teams. With I give a lot of credence to that. Um, but again, you got Broker and Mingo, Zach Evans, Jeremy James. So that's four guys on offense that are getting some attention considering how many transfers that are coming in, I don't think that's bad at all. And here's the other thing, and I'll wrap up here in a minute or two. Doing the prediction game in the West this year, I do think is more difficult because of so much shakeup, new coaches, a lot of players moving around. Uh, I think in the long run, and look, some differing philosophies. You know, Ole Miss is doing what Michigan State did. And honestly, that's what most schools are doing. LSU did it. Auburn did it. Arkansas did it. Alabama did it, but they cherry-picked it more. Most schools in a position similar to Ole Miss, that's what they're doing. They're hitting the transfer portal hard and improving the roster that way. 
Um, Mississippi State is the only team in the West that really decided not to do that. They picked up some transfers but didn't go nearly as heavy. They're basing their season more on development from last year to this year and the improvement that you would traditionally get. So it will be interesting to see how that stacks up against all these schools that went out and they just hit the transfers hard. Maybe these transfers come in and some teams don't gel. I mean, it could happen. And I've already been on record saying this. Somebody will finish 6-6 and in the division, and it'll probably be the best 6-6 and team that the SEC West has ever had because I think the division is better today than it has ever been, and this season is going to be a whole lot of fun to follow. Like I'm ready for the games to get started. All right, guys, that's going to do it for today. Enjoy the rest of your uh, your morning and afternoon. We'll do this again tomorrow. This is Chris Brooks on the Rebels 247 podcast, part of the 247 Sports Network and Inside the Rebels. Y'all have a good one. Talk to you tomorrow.